Good morning. It's good to be here and have the opportunity to share with you. Two years ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to represent the United States at a gathering of prayer leaders called the World Prayer Assembly in Jakarta, Indonesia. 10,000 prayer leaders from all over the globe came together for a week of prayer and strategizing how we can elevate the level of prayer all over the world. Now, it seems like a strange place for a group of Christian leaders to meet. After all, Indonesia has the largest Muslim population in the world, and we were meeting in their capital city. But the church in Indonesia is exploding in growth. Well over 20% of the population is now Christian, and it's growing rapidly, and there's one reason for it. There are over 500 day and night prayer centers in Indonesia. That's right. Christians are coming together to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week in over 500 different locations all over Indonesia. And the results are astonishing. We're seeing God move in wonderful ways in Indonesia. And it was important for prayer leaders from around the globe to come and see what the church in Indonesia was doing. You see, it's an amazingly difficult task in a Muslim country to see the church grow. It was a tremendously huge horizontal mission that the church in Indonesia had, but they solved it by going vertical. One of the things that I'm convinced the church around the globe needs to hear is that if we're going to accomplish the horizontal task around us, we have to stay vertical. This year's theme for the International Conference on Missions is vertical. We're going to see hundreds and thousands of people come together to worship the Lord and to learn. And I want to invite you to join us November 13th through the 16th for the International Conference on Missions where we go vertical. There will be eight to 10,000 of us for those days of worshiping and praying together, learning it's not going to get any closer for you to attend this. I'm pretty sure that ICOM is never coming to Dublin. I think downtown Columbus is about as close as it's ever going to get for you. And so I want to encourage you to join us November 13th through the 16th. Now that's the end of the commercial. What I do want to share with you this morning is the fact that throughout Scripture, we find individuals and groups of individuals who learned to go vertical. When faced with great mission, with the task before them that are overwhelming, they chose to maximize their horizontal impact by going vertical. One of the best examples for this is Moses. Moses was given a job by God that seems impossible. Basically, God said to Moses, I want you to take these several million people ex-slaves, and I want you to go into a land that is already populated. I want you to move those people out, and I want you to establish this. I'm going to call it the promised land, some promise. It's a tough job. How in the world was Moses going to do it? I want to tell you, Moses saw the immensity of the horizontal task, and he went vertical. One of the most amazing conversations in Scripture is found in Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 12, where Moses and God 
are having this conversation. Listen in. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I will know you by name, and you have found favor with me. So if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this people is your people. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the, Moses said to, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Moses understood that if he was going to be successful in the task that God has given him, he needed the presence of God. To put it another way, he needed to focus vertically in order to succeed horizontally in the task before him. How are you doing with the task God's given you? Well, to be honest, some of you are going, what task? I understand that, but you need to know that God's put all of us on mission. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're on mission. You have some tasks set before you. I understand that all of us, in some way, have a responsibility to that one huge task that we call the Great Commission, Great Commission, to go into all the world, teach, preach, baptize, make disciples, and all of our personal mission our personal tasks really flow out of that. But when we think of going to all the world, most of us immediately think in terms of, well, I'm being called to be a missionary, and most of us aren't. Most of us really are not going to be called to leave our own culture, go to another culture, learn a new language, preach the gospel. Most of us just don't do that. I'm called by God. I have a particular mission Fortunately, it's to people who speak my own language, uh, right? Okay, English, just making sure. I don't know what your mission is. It may have to do with your family. It may have to do with school. It may have to do with your work. It may have to do with your neighborhood. It, it may be a particular calling of God, but you have a mission. This congregation has a mission. We are all on task from God. And mission, by its nature, is horizontal. We, we all understand that. The, to succeed in something, to, to get something done, we focus on getting that done, on, on the vertical aspect. Moses understood that if he was going to succeed in the horizontal, in the task, in the mission, he had to have God's presence. He had to, to go vertical, to stay focused on the Lord. I think it's pretty easy to be overwhelmed by the horizontal. One of the things that will happen at the International Conference and Missions every year, I've been going for many, many years, and, and you're going to hear great stories from missionaries around the world and from 
from international leaders. Uh, we're going to hear a message from a, a Bible college president in Zimbabwe and, and from a great pastor in India, as well as missionaries who are serving in other nations. And they come and they tell stories, and the, the stories tug at your heart, and you hear stories of millions of people who need to hear of Jesus. Uh, actually, when we start looking at statistics, well over two billion people have yet to hear of Jesus in any meaningful way. That's an immense task. So I don't know about you, but I hear those stories. I hear a figure like two billion people, and basically it makes me want to go home and watch Gilligan Island's reruns. You know, I just want to curl up and think, I can't do this. The, si- the size of the task is too immense for me. I don't know what your task is. But there's a tendency for all of us when we focus on the task to wear out and to burn out. To just feel like it's too much for us. I want to tell you, if we want to succeed in the task God has given us, that horizontal focus has got to turn around and become vertical. We need to focus on the Lord. Like Moses and the people of Israel, what we really need is the presence of God. The author of Hebrews tells us, fix your thoughts on Jesus. That's a vertical focus, isn't it? Fix your thoughts on Jesus. We've all heard that. We've heard that there's a command we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But how in the world do we do that? You know, we have a tendency, I think, in the church uh, to hear something from Scripture. Okay, like this one. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. And we all nod and go, yes, that's true. Very, very good. I need to do that. Now, what's the next verse say? And we don't stop and maybe ask the question, how do I do that? How do you fix your thoughts on Jesus? Can I give you a tip? Okay, this is just a little, a little tip. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything extra. But from someone who's traveled around this nation and many others for the last 20-some years teaching on prayer, there's something I've discovered that I want to tell you. You've got to pray about prayer. If you, want, if you want to grow in prayer, you got to pray about it. I know that sounds like a funny thing, but none of us are just natural prayers. None of us are just great people of prayer on our own. If you want to grow in prayer, if you want to fix your eyes on Jesus, you need some help. You got to ask for it. When I say this morning, Lord, help me to fix my eyes on you, what do you think God does with that? Well, that's something he wants me to do. I know that. I just read it in his word. And so when I ask for help, then suddenly I've got supernatural help so that I can indeed keep my eyes on him and my ears attuned to his voice. There's many other ways you can do that as you begin to grow in prayer. One of my favorite things that I do and I have done for many, many years now in my own life is I pray Psalm 27 verse 4. It's pretty much an everyday thing, and it has been for decades now. Here's the way I I take this Psalm of David, this one verse, and I just come to the Lord and say, Lord, today I want, I just ask one thing of you. There's only one thing I'm seeking from you. I want to dwell in your house 
all the days of my life, gazing on your beauty, seeking you in your temple. Sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Let me tell you something. I, I just have to admit it. For about the first year, seriously, the first 300, 400 times I prayed that, I would add at the end of that prayer, and Lord, please help me understand what I just ask you to do. I'm sorry, that's just, I'm just being honest. I mean, how in the world do you dwell in God's house every day, all day, in the midst of a busy life? You know, how do you do that? And so I was just very honestly saying, Lord, that's what I want. Help me understand what I just asked for. Folks, spirituality is not for the spiritual. Spirituality is just for us. Just everyday flesh and blood who somehow want to draw near to Jesus and want to keep our eyes fixed on him. When we pray that prayer, when we begin to ask the Lord to help us, the Lord steps in and helps us stay vertical, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. Have you ever wondered how modern Christian leaders may have responded to God's command that he gave the Israelites to go take over the promised land, mobilize the people, get them together and go in and take this land? I wonder how they would do it. Probably something like this. They would form their team of of key leaders, uh, open their meeting with prayer, and then begin to write their mission and vision statement. They begin to work on a one-year, three-year, and five-year strategy for taking the land. And then they begin to develop uh, their budget, their plans, the various strategic teams that they're going to need. I mean, after all, organizing a nation for conquest and then resettlement into new lands is going to take a great deal of training and strategic thinking. And even then, they probably thought they could get this going in just a few months. Only God knew that it was going to take 40 years to get them ready to accomplish the task. And I don't want you to understand that those things are wrong. As a matter of fact, when you read the book of Exodus beyond that that conversation, there's a lot of strategic thinking. There's a lot of careful planning that went into it. But Moses got it right. He started with the essential, which was the presence of God. And then he moved to the peripherals, which was the strategic thinking and planning and organizing and the things that happened. You and I typically turn that on its head. We have a tendency as American Christians to get into the horizontal first, to think in terms of what needs to be done. What do I need to be doing? What are my steps? What's our plans? What's our budget? How are we going to do this? What's our timeline? And that'll wear us out. God's calling us to go vertical. God's calling us to focus on his presence. We need to go vertical before we move horizontal. You know, I think Jesus taught us a lot about this, particularly in the illustration in the Gospel of John that he uses of himself as the vine and his followers as branches. We often, when we think in that terms of the, the vine and the branch, that our job as branches is somehow to produce fruit. But that's not true. The vine has everything in it to produce fruit. 
the job of the branch is just to stay attached. And when we stay attached to the vine, we produce fruit. So I love that. Jesus is so wise. He understood that we would know ourselves and understand our own inadequacies. We would look at ourselves and say, I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. But I could stay attached. I I could just hang around you, Jesus. That's something that I can do. And Jesus says, when you do that, you've got the main thing. You've made the main thing the main thing. Stay vertical and watch and see what happens horizontal. You know, though Moses had not heard those words of Jesus concerning the vine and the branch, his response to God in a very real sense fit that teaching. It's almost like Moses said to God, Lord, I want to stay attached to you, our vine. We can't do what you want on our own. We are branches incapable of producing fruit. The only thing that distinguishes us as branches is that we are attached to you. The presence of God going with Israel in Moses' day and the branch staying attached to the vine in our day are both about the same thing. We cannot effectively do the work of God without God himself. A vertical focus on God will produce the horizontal fruit that God desires. My friends, I, I'm not sure why God let me do this, but I, I've been privileged for the last 10 years to serve as chairman of America's National Prayer Committee. It's a group of uh, prayer leaders from across the nation. It's a group that 30-some years ago began the National Day of Prayer. Because of that, I'm in Washington a lot. I'm meeting with senators and congressmen and occasionally presidents. I'm in awe that I get to do that. One of the things that happens because of that is I have a, a very real mandate from the Lord to pray specifically for the church in this nation. I'm very, very concerned for us. I'm very concerned about the direction we're going. I, I see very clearly, like most people, that during the last 30 to 40 years, we've pretty much lost our nation. I, I'm, not, I'm not a pessimist. I'm just trying to be a realist. In a very real sense, the church has lost our nation. Our nation does not turn to the church for direction or guidance any longer. There was a day that it did. And as I've looked at this and prayed over it and talked with many leaders, I'm convinced that there is one thing that will turn that around, one thing that will change the direction. See, what changes our nation is not the next election. Elections can be important, but but that's not the heart of things. See, what will change our nation, the whole nation, is what happens here and whether or not the nation looks and sees the presence of God in the midst of the people of God. Are we a people that are simply doing things for God? Or are we a people in whom God has come to dwell? If the people in the community around you 
Hear that God has shown up here, that his presence is with you. They will knock down the doors to get in. The people in your neighborhood are not interested in your programs, your plans, the sermon titles, the events that you have. They're just not interested. There's enough good events out there for people to get involved in. But if they hear that the reality of the presence of God is here in this place, that's what people are looking for. And that happens as his people go vertical. It happens as we begin to seek him with all our heart. We, like Moses, say, Lord, what we need, what distinguishes us from others, it's not our plans and our programs, but it's you, Lord. It's your presence. It changes everything. For the last 20 years, I've been privileged to serve on the board of an amazing mission organization, Pioneer Bible Translators. We have Bible translators all over the world who are making an amazing difference. It's always been a good, godly ministry of great integrity. But seven years ago, we brought on a new president who brought with him a new strategy. The strategy was very, very simple. He said this, prayer is our strategy. Every meeting, every organizational time, everything we did, he said, prayer is our strategy. It was a vertical focus. And God blessed that in such amazing ways. The number of missionaries has more than doubled in those seven years. Our stateside structure has been greatly strengthened. The number of portions of Scripture translated has skyrocketed. Our finances have grown steadily, matching the growth. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. Before this, this was an excellent ministry. It was making a difference. Good things were happening. It was filled with integrity, and we prayed. But there was a shift, and prayer became the strategy. We had a whole new vertical focus, and our horizontal impact was forever changed. What land is God calling you to take? What promised land is out there for you? What mission has he put you on? You see, that's going to be true for you as an individual, every one of you, but it's going to be true for you as a church as well. There's a task that he has before you, and knowing God, it'll be a huge task that you can only accomplish with him. Like Moses, you can determine not to go anywhere without his presence. We need to go vertical before we go horizontal. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this gift of prayer that because of Jesus, you give us free access into your very throne room. Lord, you allow us to come before you, not just to make requests, but to dwell there in your presence, in your house, gazing on your beauty, 
Lord, I pray for this congregation, Lord, that they would in every way become a house of prayer for all nations, that you would pour out a spirit of prayer in this place. Lord, may your presence be experienced every time they gather. And as they leave this building, may your presence go with them, empowering them to be the people that you have called to yourself to make a difference, to accomplish the task to which you've called them. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to be a people of prayer. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.